Blog Talk Radio. What's up, guys? It's Nate from Wide Men Can't Jump, and we have a very special show for you tonight. We're talking about anything from Indiana down to Atlanta, and then a little town down the street from Houston in San Antonio. Also, FIBA World Basketball Championships. We're going to talk about it. The big game where Team USA defeats Turkey. What cost did that take, though, on the team? Also, the believe it or not, on this basketball show, we're going to talk about the fantasy football draft that took place just last night. That's right. The Wide Men Can't Jump Fantasy Football Draft happened last night, and we want all of you to hear about it so you can place your bets on me to be the winner. Sorry, Tim. But you wish. we got all that, plus the Ed Boggess concession stand report. This is a huge episode that you're not going to want to miss. Law Offices of Stephen P. New, our sponsor, Strip Cam Fun, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. It's facebook.com slash Atomic Comics Collectibles, LLC. Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code WIDEMAN to save 10% and get a free order of Montana grass-fed ground beef. All that and more on this episode, and you never know what other surprises we got up our sleeve. I'm Nate. He's Tim. Let's get to it. It's WIDEMAN. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter, at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. That's right. Wide Men Can't Jump is back. Episode 95. How you doing, everybody out there? How you been? Hope all is well. And joining me, as always, from the great white north, Tim Dombrova. That was a most professional intro. Um, am I ruining the professionalism of it by talking about how professional it was? Nah, we're good to pat ourselves on the back. Well, it's about time everything worked. <laughs> I found out that the cold intro seems to help the regular intro get warmed up, if that's, that makes uh, any we're, sense. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're two for two here, so let's let's hope that... Yeah, may, may have to keep that up, and... And one thing I do want, one thing I, speaking of keeping it up, we want to take an opportunity to tell you to visit our friends at (laughs) stripcamfun.com. God, already. Where the hell did that come from? Well, I mean, we. Well, well, let me tell you, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You like to 
watch Gladiator movies and strip kids. It's the site for you. Let's check it out. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On Stripcam Fun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because stripcamfun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. What kind of sign is that, Dad? <laughs> well... Let me tell you about it. Oh, goodness. What a great time it is. Head on over to Strip Camp Fun. And there are wonderful sponsors, and we love them very much. So, Tim, before we get into to basketball talk and, and all the stuff that we have planned tonight, how, how have you been? I feel like we don't get to talk as much as we used to these days. How, how have I been? Well, I'm just fine, I guess. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night. Uh, oh, absolutely! A little football, and, then, and so and that we're finally getting back into the uh, sports time of year. Uh, we're what a month and a change away from NBA, and uh, for me, yeah, up about here a month, about Lake. a month and a half or so. Uh, okay, and, and it's about a, it's the same for uh, NHL hockey for me up here in the Great White North. So I'm uh, I'm getting ready. I'm starting to get pumped because let me tell yeah. you, uh, no knock on. Uh, on tennis and, and the sports that are going on right now, but they just they just don't hand, hold a candle to uh, to the other sports that uh, we're oh, waiting absolutely. for. So. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I will say is uh, with, with football season comes joy to my heart, as most of our listeners know. Nate is not exactly a uh, huge fan of uh, baseball. As a matter of fact, you, I guess you could say that I'm a, I'm a bitter baseball fan. But, you know, I got to call the other night um, here back down in West Virginia. I do local broadcast games for uh, high school football in our area. I got to call a game the other night, um, and that felt good to get back into the swing of things. I hadn't called anything outside of wrestling and MMA since, uh, I don't know, March, late February. Uh, well, no, I take that back. I did a few baseball games. but That was uh... – who was that involved in that game again? Logan and Man? Logan, the Logan Wildcats from here in West Virginia. My that's my alma mater. I graduated from their class of two thousand and eight, and they took on the Man Hillbillies, uh, right. which is right. Josh so, Brown's alma mater. He is cla- he's also class of two thousand and eight. So, you, so you so you didn't get to uh, Lincoln wasn't involved, and you didn't get to run into the Shinston sinkhole. No, no, I did not meet so, the Shinston sinkhole uh, at the game, but. Him. Well, it would have been your last chance, and we'll find out more about that later. Well, the only time that I could run in – if I ran into him, it would be at the concession stand. So, uh, that oh, without, didn't without see it. Doubt. But, yeah, I mean, it's That's just good to, good. It's good to have football back. It, it's a great time of year. It's starting to cool down. We're in post-Labor Day. It, it's cool out. 
we're getting into those those fall sports that yeah, we all love I'm, so much. Yeah, because I'm just sorry, but baseball just is too slow moving. It doesn't I'm do sorry, it for me. I mean, it's I, just I, too I, slow moving. You can and, if you can watch it and enjoy it. More power to you. I just can't. And tennis, I think, would be is not bad sometimes, depending on who's playing. But I think it would be greatly enhanced if there was body contact. I'll be the first think, to tell you. you know, I think, you know, if you hit a big high lob shot and then you ran towards the net and jumped over the net and could cream out your opponent before you could get to the shot, wouldn't that be awesome? I feel like they used to do something like that on, like, American Gladiators. They probably did. <laughs> People don't give American Gladiators enough credit. Some, uh, but if not, somewhere some TV executive is writing this stuff down. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Full bar, full contact tennis. It'll be on Fox next month. The thing with tennis that gets me is I can I don't know the score. Like they do it by fifteens until they get to thirty, and then it goes to forty. And I don't know. It just yeah. it seems like tennis yeah, went out of their way. It's well, like they invented, went out of their way to make scoring as difficult as possible. Invented by uptight Englishmen, I believe. So it probably has no rhyme or reason. I don't know. I just don't get it. Um, the the scoring confuses me. It can be it's quite exciting at times, and then at other times it can be quite drab. So, but you know, no offense yeah. to anybody. If you love baseball or tennis, all the power to you. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's just if you, not, if not you my are, that's not my cup of tea all the time. That's all. No, not me either. Uh, I always grew up a basketball fan. Uh, always grew up a football fan. So that's just been my sport. I played baseball for many years. Believe it or not. Actually, was a, a ba- believe it or not, I was a baseball all star. Um, <laughs> well, I once uh, I once doubled for third base. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things. Um, but Let, yeah, I mean, I, Little League not too popular up here. We have it, but not not that popular. Oh, we shoot! It's a it, it used to be a way of life here. Uh, everybody was into Little League. But, you know, since the advent of, of things like video games and, uh, so and things much. of that nature. There's so much more to do. That You know, that's just a microcosm really of society. Now. I mean, you don't have to leave your house to be entertained anymore. You you know, you can, you know, it used to be radio, then it was radio and TV, and then it was radio, TV, and get the VHS tapes. You know, and then gaming systems and computers came along and, I mean, what you can do on a on an iPhone, you know, you, oh, can, yeah. you, you know, it is ridiculous. I mean, you don't need to go down to the park and and play baseball anymore unless you're so inclined. But kids used to do. That's parents used to put their kids in it because there was nowhere else. You know, well, we want them to do something. So yeah, well, put them in baseball. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with again. I look at little league as a. It it was fun. I enjoyed it, but um, it's not a lot for, of people. But it's not for everybody. It's not for every kid. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's what you want to do, cool. I mean, I enjoyed it for a while. But one thing I'm thankful about is my parents let me kind of go. Like, you can do whatever sport you want. So I did pretty much every sport you can think of: uh, uh, basketball, baseball, football. Um, there was no soccer down here, but I, I did a lot. But yeah, uh, speaking of basketball, speaking yeah, of basketball, let's get back. Let's get back to this. Yeah, we kind of got on a, a tangent there, talking about other things. But right now, we're joined by Scott Agnes from the Athletics. We're going to talk to Indiana Pacers. Scott, what's going on with you? 
Good evening, guys. Just enjoying the little part of the offseason that, that we have right now, right? Because before we know it, in less than three weeks, the Pacers are in training camp for a few days, then they head off to India for a pair of preseason games. Nice. The NBA with that global reach got the Pacers heading to India, and that's that's yeah. a part of uh, basketball becoming global. Probably the fastest-growing yeah, global that's, sport that's, that's the first in the world. North American Sports League that's going over there, and of course they're playing the Kings, whose owner is Indian. So it's pretty cool, but it's going to be a short stay for them. I'm told they arrive on Wednesday, leave on Saturday. So more than 20 hours each way in the air uh, for just two games. Yikes. Yeah, I'll pass on that. But uh, to our listeners in India, <laughs> there you go. You got some yeah. uh, you got some things to look for. Believe it or not, we have listeners in Pakistan and India. So listen uh, in for that. Go check out if you get a chance. So, but Scott Scott, sounds like he's at a talk. county fair or something. <laughs> I'm actually Scott? out at an opening for one of my buddy's new restaurants here in town, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. okay. That's, yeah, we're good. That's a little together. soft opening here. And have the order. That means, that means free food. So of course, us sports writers are there. Good place to be. <laughs> <laughs> try, try, try the artichoke dip. I, I recommend it. But let's talk some Indiana Pacers here. Um, you know, Scott, Tim, and I are unpaid spokesmen for the Athletic. We love it. We've been reading your articles. Such a great, fantastic writer. First off, if you don't have the Athletic, go subscribe to it. They're fantastic. They break down the patients better than anybody ever could. So, Scott, that's a great job. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about Victor Olofetto. With that injury um, and him coming back, when is Victor suspected or what's the timetable for next week? Yeah, so first of all, I appreciate the kind words. I really appreciate that. We're growing. We have a rider in every single market, at least one. So that's been very cool. But then in terms of Victor's status at this point, probably likely to return in December and January uh, at this point. Although I should mention no firm timetable uh, has been announced at this point. They're actually staying away from it, which I would advise actually to, right? Because everybody recovers at a different um, pace and, and, and everything in terms of all that. And, and also if there's a setback, well, then it doesn't look great. But at the same time, uh, Victor seems to be doing well. He's ahead of schedule, uh, according to people in his circle, but he's kept it tight-lipped. Uh, he was in in Indy actually just a couple weeks ago hosting his annual basketball camp, and he wouldn't even talk about it. A spokesman came up to us beforehand and said, we're not taking any questions on his injury. So I, I rebuttal that. Okay, so what are we supposed to ask him? That's all we care about. But anyway, he's trying to keep it tight-lipped as he tries to own his story a little bit. Um, but by all accounts, seems to be doing very well, and that bodes well for the Pacers roster because if they get him back in a, a decent amount of time, then I think they have a chance to, to really make a run for it, probably being a top-four team in the Eastern Conference at worst. With Victor out, though, those first couple of weeks, uh, do we suspect that Jeremy Lamb is probably going to be the starter? Or do you see maybe you know maybe Doug McDermott or Tim Connell, Aaron Holiday, somebody like that moves over yeah. to that shooting card role? Yeah, so the plan right now is for Jeremy Lamb to take it over, and he actually – uh, was a starter for quite a while in Charlotte before they moved him um, to play off the bench, kind of in a six-man role. And that's really the, the role I envision it, the Pacers using him in once they're at full strength. But in the meantime, it's going to be uh, former Bucks guard Malcolm Brogdon switching over, running the point with Jeremy Lamb. T.J. Warren, who was a steal 
from Phoenix. I still don't understand why the Phoenix Suns, just 90 minutes before the draft, gave the Pacers uh, a couple of draft picks and T.J. Warren uh, and some cash there, just in, in exchange for some cash. So it worked out nicely for the Pacers. They have him under contract for a couple of years. And for T.J., this is the first time in his pro career where he's actually playing for something, where the games matter because they just don't in Phoenix. Well, let's look at a move this offseason from the Pacers. They lose uh, – there was a lot of players left. Corey Joseph, of course, the shocking retirement of Darren Collison, uh, Kyle Quinn, Thad Young, Wes Matthews. But I think, in my opinion, the one that hurt them the most was uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, who left the team, is now in Utah. Does his loss hurt Pacers more than losing anyone else this offseason? Or was maybe losing Collison or, or someone of that nature more painful for Pacer faithful? So the Pacers fully intended and expected to get Boyan back on their roster. That was who they were planning uh, to offer good money to and, and really did. But then circumstances completely changed uh, their approach here, guys. And that's because Utah uh, was really going after Miritich. Well, he decided to play overseas. That compounded the issue. And, and so they offered significantly more money an extra year in fact than the Pacers uh, who just did not feel comfortable for a guy that's in his early 30s tacking on even another year that is fully guaranteed so that's when they they, uh, changed their path a little bit on draft night once again um, leading into and then leading into free agency so first they did TJ Warren then uh, uh, just before the start of free agency right there was all these big rumors and they were nearly they were factual the Pacers were going all in on Ricky Rubio until they learned that Boyan's out of contention. It really frustrated the Pacers' front office. They were moving frantically, making phone calls, and shifted things. And in doing so, because of uh, shared agents here, that's how they got Jeremy Lamb and, and got him on the cheap. Because Charlotte offering big contracts to other players, I don't know why they didn't to keep Jeremy Lamb. But that's a whole different story. Uh, but for the Pacers, yeah, Boyan, he's going to be the, the biggest loss here in the immediate first year or two. Pacers will significantly miss Thad Young. I think the dirty work that he never gets enough credit for, as well as his leadership. Um, but I really like what they were able to do to shift their plans, get Malcolm Brogdon in a sign and trade, uh, and then as well, shortly thereafter, agree to a deal with Jeremy Lamb. Tim, do you have a question for Scott here? Of course, I've got a question for Scott. Scott, I wanted to go talk to you a little bit about the article you wrote a couple of weeks back about uh, the schedule and the Pacers um, kind of getting a, a pretty good deal out of the schedule, I thought, for the most part. Um, you want to maybe expound a little bit on them not playing over the – well, they play over the holidays, but they get to be at home. Um, the fact they're not on TV very much nationally and those sort of things and what that may do to the team or the roster. Yeah, so the number one thing that, that jumped out to me in all this, right, was how the t- TV networks thought about the Pacers, right? That gives you a good barometer uh, of what league executives, what the NBA, what what these national networks that are funneling in billion of dollars a year feel about this Pacers roster. And they don't have the Pacers on national TV until after Victor at this point is expected to return. I think they're uh, in early February is their first nationally televised game. You know, not January, not even December. 
Um, and so that's what it immediately suggested to me. I also really like the fact that their back-to-backs are significantly down. Generally, over these last three years, we've seen them play about 14 back-to-backs. That's down to 11, so that's something that they have to feel good about. Um, and, and as they get this season started, it's going to be important, I think, that they at least go 500 until Victor returns and then really try to make a push for the rest of the season. But that said, as I think I did in that article, I tried to caution people with the understanding of what we've seen from star players after suffering significant injuries in the past, right? We've seen it here locally with Paul George. He came back and and just wasn't quite the same player for a full year. Gordon Hayward up in Boston, same thing this last year, although that they had too many players that were trying to be the man, and I think he'll really thrive this year with the changes to the roster. But while I think Victor is doing well, and that's what I have heard at the same time, this is a, a unique injury. There's not much to go off of. This isn't an ACL and Achilles with a quad tear. The only guy in recent memory that has suffered one, guys, is Tony Parker, and he was about eh, five to seven years older. So we don't exactly know what type of victor we're getting, a guy that's so dependent on his, his quickness, his abrupt stops, uh, and his ability to get to the basket. Uh, one question I wanted to bring up was about Mal- Malcolm Brogdon and that trade, or that well, no, trade, the signing, to bring him over a young player who really – could be the future of this team if he decides to stick around in Indiana. Uh, what was the factors that led to him becoming the point guard? Whereas, you know, I think most people thought that Milwaukee would keep him, but yet he walked away from Milwaukee, who's the, the Eastern Conference favorite, to a Pacers team that I think a lot of people sleep on. I think the Pacers are a, a great team this season, especially if Old Depot is healthy. Um, but what led to Brogdon deciding to make that change? Yeah, so there's several factors here. For one, he was able to be involved in a sign and trade. So he was able to sign an extension that now earns him, on average, $21 million per year. So if you can lock that type of money up, uh, you got to do it right away and sort of get that extension for him. The secondly, uh, they tied up a lot of money midway through last year in signing Eric Bledsoe to an extension. And there's just too many duplicates, I felt like, at least at that point guard spot, right, which we knew they were going to try to bring George Hill back. Uh, there's another point guard for you. But what we saw, all of us, I think, in the playoffs, was he was the most dependable, the most reliable. So that's one reason the Pacers are really excited and encouraged about bringing him, bringing him on. Um, uh, because that's one thing, if you're Giannis, you're probably upset about. Because all it would have done, you could have re-signed him if you're Milwaukee. It, it would just would have force them to pay into the tax. But I think it'll be interesting, and at least initially, I feel like, because he's a little bit out of position playing as a point guard. He's not that typical prototype point guard, but at the same time, he's a talented player, an all-star type player, and he's throwing your best players out on the floor, just like the Pacers are going to do this season with Demona Sabonis and Miles Turner, two centers playing in the starting lineup for the first time. Yeah, and in a league where uh, a lot of teams are starting to go small now, and you're seeing more so, even in some cases, power forwards, small forwards are the biggest on the court, and they're undersized. Mm-hmm. Two centers. Uh, it's an interesting concept in this day and age. How do you think that works out? I mean, I like Sabonis' ability to knock down jump shots, but uh, how do you think that works for the Pacers and their rotation? So what I like about that is it gives this Pacers team an opportunity to kind of figure it out, right, especially with Victor being out. It enables them to to try and figure it out and see if you throw two of your best players out on the court, 
if they can make it work because I think we're seeing with Team USA too. Uh, that's a lot of times what happens. You're playing guys out of position, but in all, uh, they're the best players out there. Um, but I think it's a, it is certainly remains a big question. Can they make it work? Um, especially for me, I think, is, is on the defensive end because Miles, you do not want to take away from the basket, right? He's one of the best rim protectors uh, in the NBA, and we're seeing that as well again with Team USA. So he thrives at being under the basket and being that safety net which would force Samantha Sabonis to play along the perimeter where against some fours and stretch fours will be a little he's a little bit out of position, he's a little slower. How will he react in pick and roll situations? Because I think in those that's where Miles is best, but he probably won't be put through those situations. So it's I, I very much a feel it out situation for the Pacers. Um, and at worst I think then you ultimately decide if it can work, then you do. If it doesn't, then you decide to trade one of them and and I think that's one of the big reasons, too, guys, that the Pacers really would like to lock up Demonis Sabonis in his future with a contract extension, just like they did at this same time last year with Miles Turner. Tim, another question for Scott. Yeah, I wanted to talk about one of the signings they made, uh, which uh, I thought was a great one, but nobody really seems to know what they're going to do with the guy. Uh, T.J. McConnell, who's kind of a favorite of ours here on the show because he's such a scrappy uh, go-to-it kind of guy. Um, anywhere about what they really plan to do with him? Not entirely. I'll, I'll say at this point, I think for one, he's kind of that versatile uh, guy that can, you can use in a variety of ways, at least initially, especially with Victor out. I can see him getting additional minutes um, playing uh, in that guard spot. Aaron Holiday going into his second year is going to get that uh, if guys are in foul trouble. But now let's talk about, let's assume the roster's set in terms of health and Victor's back and everything, then I kind of see him getting limited minutes perhaps and probably be that third point guard option. But until then, those first couple months of the season, I see him being a utility guy, a guy, you know, like you said, is going to be scrappy. He's going to play hard out on the court and provide that energy. Maybe this team needs, because that's one thing that Victor does provide. He's that kind of energy, energizer bunny out on the floor. And I think, uh, TJ, while he can't really shoot it consistently well from outside, uh, I think he, he has that experience, obviously, for four or five years in Philly. And, and I think he'll be asset with not too much cost, right, uh, with only the first-year full and guaranteed here uh, with this new deal for him. Um, I know you're busy, and I know you got to get back to your, your buddy's soft-opening restaurant, try the wings. I hear they're fantastic. But uh, so am I. That's funny you said that because I did too. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, if there's if there's an official food of this podcast, it's definitely wings. Say, are, uh, are wings ever bad? Nice. I like it, guys. I don't, I don't think there's ever been a bad thing as uh, bad chicken wings. If there are, I've yet to have them. Um, and I'll probably still <laughs> just, think they're okay doused in blue cheese. But yeah, anyway, better ones, right? Uh, I'm looking at the Pacers over under win total predictions here. Uh, what I'm seeing is about 47 or 40. I think it's 47 and a half seems to be what the opening is here. Last question for you, 47 and a half wins. Do you take the over? Do you take the under? And how high do the Pacers finish this year in the Eastern conference standings? Man, that's tough. That's tough because you're hitting on my weak spot and that's prediction. But nonetheless, I'll try to, uh, I'll try to offer a little something up here. I'm going to say under purely because we don't know the status at this point of Victor. It's not like we know December or November and how he'll look. And so, obviously, they won 48 the last two years. And 
I think if he was back, they'd easily eclipse that mark. It's a much better team that they have had in the last couple of years. But with his status unknown, it's hard to really completely like this roster and what they have to do. Uh, I still think they're going to be a top five uh, team in this Eastern Conference, potentially as high as three, again, depending on Victor, how quickly he returns and how he looks. But I would guess the under and go anywhere from three to five in the Eastern Conference, bearing significant health issues. Well, Scott, we appreciate your time and appreciate you calling us at dinner and uh, making us hungry here at Wide Men Can't Jump. Uh, again, everybody check out Scott's work at The Athletic. Scott, go ahead and let our listeners know where else they can find you outside of The Athletic. Yeah, it's just these, just my name, at Scott Agnes on Twitter and on Instagram as well. But check out The Athletic. We have all kinds of specials going on, as you said, and I appreciate those kind words too. Uh, I really like what we've been able to do, and we just, here in Indiana, uh, finished our first year and, and continue to grow. So that's been really fun. I'll admit. Yeah. I, I really, just wanted, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, wanted, I did some sports writing back uh, a few years ago for a local newspaper and it's a fun job, but you never really get the, uh, the respect you deserve in my opinion. And I think the athletic is great. And I love reading up on the articles on the teams and doing my homework. And it's made doing this show so much easier for me, at least. Um, having experts and people that I know know their stuff are writing mm-hmm. these articles. So we recommend. It. And Again, obviously, I'm biased, not... but what I love about it is it's a one-stop shop, right? So if you love yeah, the exactly. NBA or if you love one specific city, you can get it all right there. Exactly, and I mean we're not getting paid to plug the athletic right now. We paid our sixty dollars <laughs> for the year, like everybody else. But it's awesome. I'm not you know, like I love it. I can't wait to see what else comes this way. But go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. Oh, I just wanted to echo that, man. I, I was reading uh, Scott's work today quite a bit of it, and uh, uh, color me impressed. Uh, good to see that uh, you guys are getting it done there. And one more thing, uh, never forget, if you're at a soft opening, order way, way more food than you can ever eat because that stuff reheats. You can take it home. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Sage advice right there. <laughs> Thanks again, Scott, and we hope to have you back on as the season goes along. And don't forget your doggy bag tonight. We appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Be good, guys. Have a good night. Have a good one, Thanks. sir. You too. Well, that was Scott Agnes from The Athletic. And, and Scott's a great guy. He's been on the show before. We love hearing from Scott. And, and he brings a, a great look here with the Indiana Pacers. And, I mean, uh, he's just a, you wanna, he's, he's you a wanna, pro, man. Yeah, man, but you want to talk commitment. Oh yeah. I, mean, I don't know I don't know about you, but how many white men can't jump guys are gonna give up their time at a soft opening of a restaurant owned by one of their friends to talk to some guys. We're eating, man. I know. <laughs> and when I eat, I don't do that. He's nicer than I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what a guy. Uh, he just yeah, but like I said, uh, no 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 BS. Uh well written, informative articles. Not that, you know, just about everything I've ever read on the athletic is well written and informative, but oh, uh, absolutely, uh, I mean, good, good, good stuff. People will probably think that we're getting paid by the athletic. I swear oh, we're well, not. We're, we're trying. <laughs> I wish. I wish we were, but um, but uh, yeah, you know, if we signed up when we signed up for it. We were like, yeah, you know, we were like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and do it and just see because. We were going all over the place trying to find news and notes for the show when we when we do formats and we finally we, we broke down it was like sixty bucks. I was like, Man, that's really not that expensive. Let's try yeah, it out yeah. for a year. If we don't like it, we don't renew it. And uh I, we're pretty well, much gonna renew. 
<laughs> I think it's it was be- pretty much a done it's deal. It's become <laughs> my. I mean, I still go to some other sites, but yeah. it's become my. It's become my go-to, and I have to be honest. If I read it on the Athletic, I'm running with it. Oh, absolutely. I, but, I believe it to be so. I, I don't think they deal in opinions too much on the athletic. It's no, and that's hard that. to find in, in anything these days. And that's a great thing about the athletic. But speaking of, of people that don't deal in opinions, let's let's talk about our buddy Steve Stephen P. New. Um believe it or not, you know where I just saw Stephen P. New? This is just a random fact. Um there is a Roku channel on uh, your local on your Roku's if you check it out, it's called Jarrett Parsons Wrestling. Um, talks about old Memphis, and they got clips and everything. I saw Stephen P. New cooking a steak with Jerry Jarrett. And I'm like, Like new? That? Yeah, recently. <laughs> uh, Mr. New, what? you and I are going to, I mean, don't get me wrong. I hold you in very high esteem, but we're going to have to talk. You're having steaks, and none of us were mentioned or included yeah, in, this, really? in this thing. I mean, well, well, he probably used steak classy meats and got his ten percent off. Well, I hope, so. I hope so. But <laughs> I mean, I would have to say, Nate. I mean, we must be in the top. I don't know, fifty thousand things on Stephen P. News, <laughs> Yeah, for real. But yeah, look <laughs> over there, Stephen P. News grilling a steak with Jerry Jarrett. So uh, I thought well, that was pretty you know what? With all the stuff that Mr. New has done for his country and his state particularly, he can eat all the goddamn steaks he wants. Absolutely. And you know what? You can use Stephen P. New if maybe your steak wasn't quite done and they didn't give a shit and you feel like you need to sue. So that's something you can think about. <laughs> Stephen P. New. I can't, can't think of a better I'm, reason myself. <laughs> ain't that the truth? Um, Stephen P. New, a champion of the little guy. A real a real man's man, as we would say, and one of the best damned attorneys you'll ever meet, and just an overall great guy. Let's hear it from Stephen P. New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1 800 203 9169. Stephen P. New answers to your legal questions. Thanks again to Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Check him out for all your legal needs and questions. Again, that's Law Offices of Stephen P. New. Well, Tim. What a week it's been for Team USA basketball, huh? <laughs> you want to talk about a giant horseshoe? <laughs> Absolutely. The four-leaf clovers, the lucky rabbit's foot, they had it all out the other day when they played turkey. And, uh, you know, I didn't get to see it live. I just read about it as it was happening. And um, I'll have to say, man, 
What a lucky break for Team USA. I to saw the highlights. I have never seen. Now, granted, I have not watched a spectacular amount of international basketball, admittedly, but I have never seen four bigger bricks than the four free throws that the uh, turkey missed at the end of the game. Well, I think it was nine seconds left. They missed yeah. four in a row, and they weren't even close. Like, the pressure really got to them. They, they, they knew they kind of had it in the bag or should have, and they, they couldn't cope. Yeah, I mean, it was an absolute um, – <laughs> it was a choke job. I mean, that's just what it is. So, well, I mean – I mean, even Shaq hits one of the four, right? Yeah, I would assume so. Probably I mean, even one. Yard... Yeah, maybe one anyway, and that would probably would have done it. I mean, it's it, it is what it is, but you know, I see, I see these guys out on the court, and you got to make these shots. Like you can't win. Well, um, you, I'll tell you, you, you can't win. There has been, and I never really got a chance to talk to you about it because it really only happened yesterday. Um, there's a national uproar here in Canada because Canada lost both their games. But now to get to the Olympics, they got to go the crazy route. Uh, yeah. They win a whole bunch of other nonsense to even get a chance. And uh, there is a national uproar here because only two, I believe, of the 13 eligible NBA players, or maybe it was 11. It was in the teens anyway. Only two of them are on the team, and everybody else said no. And uh, people are not pleased. Um, you know, you use the you use the national program for development, and of course, everybody wants to play in the Olympics. No one has any problem showing up for that. But then, when it's something that maybe isn't quite so uh, glorified, uh, no, suddenly everybody's out of town, or oh, I'm worried about injuries. Oh, I'm worried about insurance. Oh, I'm I'm worried about whatever whatever excuse they come up with. And there there was some real talk about uh, not really sure how to overhaul the system, but there there's talk here that they may, if you don't play for the national team in the off years, you don't get to play in the Olympics. That's how wow. you, that's, that's your reward for playing on the national team. Yeah. And I can, I can see that as well. But one thing I will say, Tim, um, a lot of NBA players this offseason opted out of playing for the national team. You saw that. It's not an Olympic year. Devin Booker didn't play. Uh, the big-name stars, you know, your Currys, LeBrons, guys like that, they didn't play. Possibly the biggest names on the team, Kimball Walker and uh, Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum goes down with an ankle injury during yeah, the he's game. Only, uh, uh, they, they expect him only to miss two games. So I saw it today. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was just an ankle sprain, but still, still kind of eye-opening. Okay, uh, but, but, but you don't hear any – I mean, okay, I, I kind of understand, all right? You don't want to get hurt. I get it. But in the same breath, that is never a consideration when the Olympics rolls around and we're talking about – especially in the United States where we're talking about dream teams and all this stuff. Suddenly all those guys who couldn't be bothered a year ago – all are quite happy to do it. So yeah, and, you know, and I think that should change. I think if you're, yeah, I think the national team. Right. If you're not on the national team every year, you shouldn't be allowed to go to the Olympics. Now, but again, it's a little bit different because, of course, you've got way more eligible guys. 
yeah. not everybody can be on the team. But for you know, up, up here in Canada, I mean, we can't even make a full squad out of NBA guys. We don't have enough. I mean, I'm trying to so, remember how many Canadians there are in the NBA. I know Andrew I'm, Wiggins. I'm quite sure uh, it was was there was I think it was 13 or maybe it was 17. It was only in the teens, whatever it was. I can't remember the exact number. Active NBA players from Canada in the league. Um, Kyle Alexander, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, both rookies. Another rookie, R.J. Barrett. Then the great Anthony Bennett. Uh, Kim Birch, Chris Bozier. Ignas Bradikas, I think is that name for the okay, Knicks. This, That's a, these are guys who are just on rosters who are, who are actually playing. I mean, there's a difference. It says active. I mean, I, I don't know how active they are, but uh, O'Shea Brissett, a lot of these guys are rookies. Brandon Clark is a rookie. Dylan Brooks, uh, Lugans Dort, Shea Gilgis Alexander, that's a pretty good name. Uh, yeah, Corey he, Joseph is a pretty good name. Mifondu Cabangale. Trey Lyles, heard that name. Nas Mature Long, Jamal Murray, Kelly Olenek, Dwight Powell, Morale Shoyek, Tristan Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Lindell Winnington. The, the only guy who gets a pass on that list is, is Kelly Olenek because he actually showed up, but is, hurt, but is banged up so bad that he can't play. He actually yeah. showed up, so he gets a pass. Uh, but Wiggins I think it's... Wiggins in particular is one that everyone is really frosted because he's been saying no for years. I've been waiting on Wiggins to show up in a Minnesota uniform. So y'all motherfuckers get in line. Okay. Well, that, that, but that's part of the point. Like now, RJ Barrett. Okay. He, he would play anywhere in college. You know, he never said no to playing any games, played in the final four and all this nonsense. Uh, okay. Granted, he's going to start off his NBA career, but. And wants, to, but why wouldn't you go play? Use that experience for what it is, and and learn something. Like I, I don't understand the reluctance. I guess it's all money, I guess, and that's really the driving. Because there's nothing in it for you. No, there's really not, money, other than representing you know? your country. Yeah, but uh, and that used to be a big deal. That should well, that used to be a bigger deal than it is now. And I think people are looking at it as, especially when it comes to getting a little older, uh, these guys realize, hey, my body's only got so many basketball games in it, if that makes sense. Um, it does to a point. But it's not like we're talking about, you know, 40 games and some six-month grueling experience. Oh, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, it's, I, think if, I think you. it's an honor to do it. And I'm surprised more guys don't sign up for it. I think it's just getting to the point now where guys are looking at it going, hey, it's I'm investing in me. I'm not investing yeah. in anything else. Maybe they're being it's selfish. Different. I don't know. I can't make well, that call. I would think if I was running Team USA, I can't speak for some of the other countries where there's not enough guys. But where you've got a pool of, you know, 100 dudes probably, I'm thinking, okay, I ask you, and if you say no, I'm not asking you again. And and yeah. I know you don't and no you don't like let's say it's I mean I'm not picking on LeBron here but let's say it's LeBron, okay you wanna you wanna play in the for the national team this year no nope, I'm too busy or I'm rehab you know whatever excuse to come up with all right fine duly noted 
uh, next Olympic year, we're not asking you. And we don't care if you want to play. Because the U.S. Olympic team is not about making money, or, well, or it shouldn't be. And there's plenty of other big names we could get. We don't need you, necessarily. And you can stay home. I mean, I don't know. Is LeBron yeah. playing the Olympics? Oh, yeah. So, so he's done that. All right. So then, see, and even that I can understand. Okay, if you've went once or you've done it a time or two and you don't want to do it again, okay, you did your bit. And then, and then I'm okay with it. But if you've never went and you're just ducking it because you just don't want to go, uh, I don't know, man. That don't say much about your character in my book. I, I think it's that there fair. should be – I think there should be a limit. I think you should you, you should play on the national team. I'll say this. I think you should play on the national team for the first if you want to go to the Olympics for the first time, you need to play on the national team for 4 years or whatever. Then you can go to the Olympics. Now, after that, I think you should be allowed if you've been on the national team for 4 years, you played in the Olympics once, you got one more time on the Olympic team. But this time, you don't have to be on the national team. If you want to play on the Olympic team, you get a pass because you did your time on the national team. Then you get one shot at the Olympics. After that, no more Olympics for you. Because that's eight years. And even if you come in at 18, by the time you're 26, you probably need to start thinking about you're hitting the prime of your career and you need to focus more on the NBA. And and that's me. I I don't think... Yeah, all I know, Nate, is I'm a, I'm not an American, but being a Canadian, when I was growing up, it's every Canadian boy's dream who plays hockey to play yeah. for camp, to play for the country. It's as big, it's as good as it gets. It's better than the Stanley Cup by miles. Ask any guy who's done it, they'll tell you. Win an Olympic gold, beat winning the Stanley Cup by, it's not even close because it's just that much more attached to it. I think, I think you know what? I think guys are cheating themselves to the experience, to be quite honest. I also think, though, Tim, this is something that, that maybe we're overlooking. The Olympics, especially, and we talked about it earlier with uh, being so busy with other things, kids don't watch the Olympics anymore. I mean, you've got the world at your fingertips, and young kids nowadays. But remember, like even I mean, are you even ten years ago. Are you old enough to remember? Like, you, I guess you really aren't. I mean, I remember when the Olympics was on; everything came to a halt. In oh the yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, the Olympics was a big deal. My parents loved them, especially my mom. Good God, if we missed one night of freaking figure yeah. skating, or, uh, or if I'm we missed gymnastics, I hate figure be, skating. This might be unpopular in the politically correct world. But I think part of the problem is is they are in – and I'm not knocking the countries they're in. I'm just saying when they hold them in the places nobody's ever heard of, like Pyeongchen, and the game – nothing is on prime time or even close, like yeah. watch it live, that really kills, at least in the Western world anyway, that really kills it the does. appeal. It does. I mean, when the, when the Olympics when were in L.A., or when they were in Atlanta, or when the Winter Olympics are in Lake Placid, or when the Olympics were when the Winter Olympics were in Vancouver, and that's all you know on a regular time that everybody's used to here. There was hundreds yeah. of millions of people watching. Now when well, they hold was, it in, you got to remember way back that was before the internet too. So even if they were paid, you had still, who was going to win. It doesn't get the coverage 
that it used to get because, like you say, there was there's no way to hide when it's not in our time zones. Exactly. Exactly. You can't hide the, you can't hide the results like you used to be able to. Well, I was you getting know? Tim, I was getting results on my phone for the Olympics um the last summer Olympics, I believe, either the summer or the winter, I can't remember which one was last, but you know, I was getting updates on what was going to happen on NBC that night. I was getting updates and I'm like, well, no sense to watch the Olympics tonight. I just got ruined. No, and, and and then they they don't like I've noticed uh, like here anyway. The hockey games, they're on. Like, if you want to stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning and watch them, they're on TV. But I don't think uh, the American coverage doesn't work like that. They just pretend that it's, it's happening Certain whenever channels. they're showing it. You've got to really search if you want to watch some of the off-kilter Olympic sports. Like, if you know me. You know, maybe, maybe there's uh, uh, some kind of method that they, you know, some kind of a, of a way that they could cover it in such a way but that it doesn't leak as much, but with everybody having an iPhone and all that, that's impossible. You um, just can't do it. But anyway. Like, if anybody knows me, they know come Olympic time, I'm sitting down and watching curling. I, know. I like to watch Olympics. I really do. Especially with the Winter Olympics with me, it's curling. I'm watching me some curling. I'm DVR and curling. Whenever it's on, I'm watching curling. Curling. I enjoy it. Why are you watching curling? I love it. I absolutely love it. Name one uh, curler from Canada. From Canada? God, can I don't know anybody. Can you name one? No. I just like to watch it. Oh, like, okay. So it's not about like the personalities. It's about the sport itself. It's about the sport, and it's about – it's about I only watch it during Olympic time. Like, I don't watch, you know, like, hey, here's uh, here's Team Bob and there's Team James, and they're going to go at it and curling. Oh, here okay, it's just like watching anything on uh, most sports. I mean, uh, yeah. they have the Diamond League for track and field, but watching that on Saturday is boring. But the the 200-meter the dash in the Olympics is that lane boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's totally part of different. It. That's what makes it great. So if it's, it's curling in the Winter Olympics is the one I'm looking, and my entire family loves it. Uh, me, my mom, my brother-in-law, uh, my bu- Josh, uh, we all love it. People will think we're well, idiots, but we love I mean, it. And I, will, watch. and I will throw in there, uh, I mean, the Olympics being all it is, it just occurred to me that one of the greatest players in the league is playing for his country, and that would be the Greek freak. Yeah, absolutely. And My he's shot. actually, and he's, but he's used it as a platform. You know what they did? Him and his shoe okay. company. Him mm-hmm. and his shoe company got together, and uh, by the way, Giannis is playing in the Giannis. Giannis is playing in the uh, Olympics, and he's wearing our really uber cool shoe that the whole team wears. And man, if you'd really like to see those shoes and would like to get some, you should really check out about what Giannis is up to, and watch, uh, yeah. watch, you know, blah 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 blah. And I, I, I got one more thing to say about it, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I really okay. think any. Anybody who's uh, been through any part of the system, uh, high school, college, uh, and you've used the resources of your country to get where you are as a professional athlete, and you continue to make money off television and all that stuff that supports the NBA that pays your salary, you owe your country a little something-something. And you really, unless you're legitimately hurt, then I don't have a problem with it. Otherwise, 
I think you should be saying yes. And that's my last thought on it. Well, there you go. There's the final thought from Tim. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> oh, Tim, Tim Springer. <laughs> Screw you, Nate. No, I love you. But anyway, wait, what? Again, are you kidding me? Okay. Not, not Rusty Shackleford again. Shackleford has informed me that we've got to roll something here. we got to talk to Mike. Never... I don't know. I don't Ooh. know who's in charge. Wide Men no, Can't I'm... Jump Inc.'s having a meeting tomorrow morning, Shackleford. You better be there. <laughs> All right. You might, get, Let's, uh... you might get fired. Let's roll the tape. Oh, baby, this is a little love song for those Atlanta Hawks fans out there. Do you remember back in 1968? It was the last time that we got to celebrate. McDonald and Wilkins, they knew just what to do. Last year our record was 29 and 53. We got a new coach, we will have to wait and see. What's going to be wrestling for Ed McCauley? Oh, oh, no one is grinning. Oh, oh, cause we ain't winning. Oh, the Hawks, they ain't going far. We don't have enough superstars. The Reddish injury was just the stars. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and now the playoffs, they seem so long ago. And with that lineup, I think that we all know it was so bad, Budenholzer had to go. Oh, oh, <laughs> we turned by 31. Oh, oh, that just won't get it done. Oh, the Hawks, they ain't getting far. They don't have enough superstars. They've got guys of world renown. Good grief, we signed Charlie Brown. Oh, 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 oh. Why did we do that? Chances are that we won't win. We've got seven foot one Alex Lynn. This Carter is on the bench. He's older than Judy Dench. Playoffs seem so far away. God thrown out in Philly PA. Candy Force, TR is a mighty good bloke. 
It's over on Facebook, the Freddy Krueger doll. It's actually pretty crazy looking and very well done. Whoever made this, very well done. Uh, it's a big, big uh, talking doll as well. So let's check them out. Atomic Comics Collectibles, LLC. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Well, we talked about it last week. The new segment, Tim, is here. I know I I, I had to take over. I had to help uh, Cecil with this one a little bit, but uh, this is this yep. this uh, I, I'm aware of this one. Unlike yes, I'm I'm yet to uh, I'm yet to hear this, so I'm hearing this for the first time. Our newest segment. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we get to that segment, let's go ahead. We've actually, I've got a surprise pre-tape for everyone. Uh, we actually had a chance to talk to our guy, Tom Robinson. There's a surprise for you. We had a chance to talk to him. Let's go ahead and we'll jump over and hear our talk with Tom Robinson. We'll be back on the other side. Back with us on Wide Men Can't Jump, it's the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Robinson. Sour grapes! A <laughs> <laughs> little inside reference, a little inside reference uh, from the past. I thought he was going to announce that it was Dave Meltzer with all that legend talk and stuff, but... Well, you know, I just took Dave Meltzer. I'll take, uh, I'll, I'll take TR over that. What is the TR my, up to on a, on a Tuesday afternoon? Well, first of all, my old friend Dave Meltzer flew across the country when I was having some rough times. And you two uh, troublemakers are always picking on the melt. I love you guys, but I got I got to I got to say Meltzer is a good man. You can have them. And I, 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 will, I will make peace with, with, with you two and Dave Meltzer at some point in time. Well, good luck with that. But anyway. Yeah, best of luck to you on that one. But, uh, you know, I, I never said he was a bad guy. No, no, me neither. Yeah. He, he might be a great I can guy. Talk, I can talk to him and get you two in a three-way on TNT with the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. How's that? We'll make it happen. <laughs> I'm I'm going into business for myself. <laughs> there you go. I'm a big man. Right, <laughs> yeah, you can't be taking those backflip bumps through tables, I don't think. Nah, hell no. <laughs> but, me neither. What, not, 
what not in many the of world us can. But what's on? going on? Rumor has it T.R. vacated one of his palatial estates in the, in the Garden State of New Jersey, and I am here to confirm that rumor is true. I have nothing bad to say on that matter. Um, Baby still owns a two-bedroom home in Clifton Heights, so I am a bit of a rolling stone as we speak. <laughs> you're, you're a little bit behind because if you don't know, uh, Baby has, uh, well, taken you to court, sir. Um, if you yeah. didn't know that. Actually, I've, I've been ignoring my mail pro- on purpose <laughs> and the most, for the most part. <laughs> and if anything has even a, uh, a, re- a, re- a reminiscent smell of what I, what I think Canada may smell like, uh, I, I do not open that mail because there is some collusion between the, my four-legged friend and, and one Tim Dombrova, I believe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say that is true. I am on the baby uh, baby faults, as, as I know him, uh, on his payroll. Um, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's, he's called me as a witness in your court case because he's uh, charged you with uh, slander for uh, calling him a... Uh, a blocker. That's all I'll say. Well, today with the, with gender neutrality and all that other stuff, I'm identifying as a fat guy, and I think um, you're fat shaming. And I want all the fat people out there to rally behind me, like uh, the 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 African Americans did O.J. Simpson some 20 plus years ago, maybe 30 or whatever it was. So uh, I'm identifying you, as a. I think you mean Rodney. You think King. what? I think you mean Rodney uh, King. Rodney not OJ. K- no, Rodney got Rodney got his ass whooped. So uh, even a lot of people were rooting for him, even though he was like a maniac on crack. God rest Rodney's soul. I think he died in a swimming pool. He survived that beating from eighty-seven cops, and, and then he died swimming. Well, uh, if memory serves me, uh, Nate, who was the uh, who was the lawyers involved in that? In the folks, uh, uh, Ali McBeal was one of them. Yeah, and I think Gloria yeah. Allred represented yeah. Tom. Nate, uh, Tom's Tom's lawyer was Gloria Aldred, and the baby folks was being represented by Ali McBeal. That's correct. You have that right. And with 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 the uh, Judge Lance Ito on the bench. Oh boy! <laughs> if 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 I'm done, since all all the lawyers uh, are, are deceased that I'd be interested in, uh, and I'm out of quint- uh, continuances. I will probably take uh, up and offer a nice hefty sum to lawyer slash uh, handicapper one Billy Ciccolini. <laughs> well, <laughs> funny you should say that because uh, Mr. Ciccolini was, in fact, our court reporter for the event. Uh, uh, Gloria Aldred actually came up with a really clever defense and said that you had uh, that your cat had touched you without your consent. And uh, <laughs> you were... That you were working on the Me Too movement thing. See, Gloria Allred is a sneak. I just face fucked her like an hour ago, and she she mentioned nothing. She's a dirty little whore, that Gloria Allred. <laughs> oh, I did not know. I I forgot that this. I I didn't know that she was a basketball fan. So uh, I think well, anyway. Maybe somebody has wiped your memory because uh, you were found in contempt the last we had heard, and that's where it had been left. So, <laughs> no, that's uh, it, that was it, what, what would be labeled as 
fake news. Rumor and innuendo, as yeah. they call it. Rumor and innuendo. I will say this though, uh, Tom. We just had um, we had we have Scott Agnes coming on this week to talk about the Pacers. And uh, oh, who's he ever we beat? <laughs> <laughs> um, with all of these, just kidding, Scott. Thank you. Uh, Old Depot is going to be out for a little while before the season. We'll hear from Scott on on when and how long. Um, what's your thoughts, though, Indiana Pacers? Um, we liked them last year. They did lose uh, a few guys, but what's your thoughts on them? What's your thoughts this season? My thoughts are that they have every TJ I've ever heard of, um, for one. <laughs> they got the good one, uh, anyway, but- yeah. T.J. Leaf, T.J. McConnell, T.J. Warren, T.J. Hooker, T.J. I don't know. But that, <laughs> if, if you're T.J., you're in Indiana. Whoa, that was but cool, man. Victor Oladipo, you know, he, he got banged up, which ruined my prediction last year. But the Pacers are a solid squad. There was a retirement with Mr. Collison. Um, surprised me a little. I, I mean, I, I know he's been around and whatnot, but I thought he would still be there. I believe. Well, they were about to offer him a contract. They were about to offer him a contract, but the thing thing was, he decided to. I believe he's a Mormon, and he decided to go into um, doing stuff with his religion. Yeah, he's a minister. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you cleared that up. I was. I was kind of in the in the dark because I haven't followed as closely. But um, Indiana, a retiring professional athlete. AKA Andrew Luck, is it something in the water up there? What's going on, guys? Come on, what? give me the news. I don't know what's going on with Andrew Luck. There's this, there's uh, this, there's this invention well, called the internet, dude. You got to look into it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, uh, I got more viruses than Pedro from the real world. I, uh, you know, it's tough to get Jeez. online without somebody hacking me and. Dude. That was very classless. Rest in peace, Pedro. He, you know, never mind. I shouldn't have brought the poor guy up. But I mean, we've even got a subscription to the Athletic so that you can really get informed, man. Yeah, I, uh, I look forward to uh, access to all that stuff for only nine ninety nine that I have to pay you guys to be on the air again when I was one of the co-founders. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I will pay my nine ninety nine directly to you guys so I can get on the athletic and see some of these cats do their thing and break down a lot of stuff in detail so I can catch back up. Well, I'll tell you this, Tom. We had Tom Moore on recently, and uh, he's our six. He's one of our Sixers guys. We love Tom here. Um, and he was, and we were talking about Ben Simmons' three point shooting. And if you've been on Twitter, you've seen Ben Simmons throwing up threes, and he's been knocking them down. And then Tom Moore brought it up. Tom Moore said, you know, it's hard telling how many of those he had shot before they put that video together. What do you think? He kind of burst the bubble and kind of saying, well, maybe he shot down three out of 200 tries. Yeah, well, I'm glad, you know, I can echo that sentiment uh, of Mr. Moore, uh, always a class act from the Bucks counter. County Courier Times, uh, one of our old friends when I was in the mix every week. Yeah, he would know. I mean, uh, Keith Pompey is probably the closest to them, but Tom's right there and been, you know, covering him for over 30 years, as we know. And I, I agree with his opinion. I mean, it's it's not like uh, Ben just ran a game and, and 
showed highlights and he just happened to make every shot he took. Um, I'm glad that he's at least shooting somewhere. Uh, maybe by the year 2027, uh, I will start <laughs> trusting the process and he may hoist one up in an actual game. <laughs> Still on about the process. Eh? It's going to be the process part three by 2027. Yeah, and it, well, it is crazy. This this town sucks so bad as far as fandom. I mean, it's great fandom as far as dedication, but they're really, really, really dumbbells. A, a guy like Tom Moore can't say that. Keith Pompey can't say that because they get paid to, you know, sh- uh, just cover sports. They're not going to alienate themselves to the fan base. But I can tell you, uh, it takes to watch 60 minutes. They just, uh, sorry, I had to use that old wrestling line. It ain't been used since the 80s. But they are they are some dumb people. Well, yeah, and that's that's one thing that we we know, and it's in a lot of fan bases. I won't say it's in Philly, but a lot of unrealistic expectations. Um, there's really no bench in Philly this year, uh, even less than last year, if you ask me. Uh, um, did you guys and, did you guys cover the rumor that they're looking at, or allegedly one of the teams looking at Joe Johnson? Yeah, we yeah. did. We brought that up. It was Philly. Was, Philly was looking at possibly was, Joe Johnson. And there was another There guy. was another player. Yeah, it was Joe Johnson was one of them, and I think uh, Spencer Halls was another player that was being talked about. Well, we had big, dumb old Spence before, but you know, uh, at least it'll be another uh, white guy because white guys are allegedly good shooters, but I don't know how much he would help us because uh, you know, no, he's not that good of a player. Ah, yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, who the hell were we talking about, Joe Johnson? As long as he doesn't bring his brother, our wide men can't jump alumnus. Sorry about that. I'm hearing something in my ear. Our wide men can't jump alumnus, Darky Johnson. Now, I don't <laughs> want any part of him. <laughs> I forgot about him. What did I? Oh, man. Oh, that's a baby. Wow. Oh, man. Now, I, I, in, case, in case people misconstrue that as just some random reference from me to be uh, ignorant or, or something, uh, Nate was doing a report on old draftees or something. I forget the specific yeah. situation, but it was like a misprint or a mis-something that claimed that the NBA – uh, well, I was trying to cover your ass, but uh, basically you misread another player for the name Darky Johnson, and uh, <laughs> yeah. he will live in infamy at Wide Men Can't Jump for forever. Oh, yeah, man. it was actually the name was the name was Dakari Johnson, and when I it was Dakari Johnson, but I said Darky, and we all popped. Yeah. And we, thought, oh, I thought, there. I thought for weeks that that was a real name, and then I went looking because I was gonna try and find a jersey, and I couldn't find one anywhere. And Darky Johnson, I found out was Dakari Johnson. So that's the story behind that. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, uh, like fear. But if I was in the lane, actually, if I was boxing out and I had my backside toward them, I would fear Darky Johnson. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> oh man, look at the country's dropping. Uh, God bless America. 
Oh, and, uh, one of my favorite. I'm finally, I finally, uh, you know, stopped trying to steal Compound Media. A little shout out to my favorite uh, outlet. And uh, on the Anthony Cumia show today, the My Pillow guy was on. What that has to do with basketball is nothing. But I wanted to tell you, Nate, because he's from Minnesota, as he says. Minnesota. Yeah, you a T Wolves guy? Uh, you could probably find Mike Liddell, I believe his name is. He's the My Pillow guy, former crack addict, now millionaire, in the land of capitalism. I'm sure he's a T Wolves fan. Huh. My Pillow. I remember that. I remember that invention, the My Pillow. What a what a fantastic thing that it was. Hit him up for a sponsorship, man. He has sold 43 million my pools. Good lord. I I'm I'm still working on the impression. It's been a while, guys. Give me give me some. Uh, yeah, we we need that impression for sure. But uh one thing I wanted to ask you TR, you saw Jason Tatum hurt his ankle playing in uh the FIBA game, did you not? <clears throat> uh I have not. Well, I did hear that uh Channing Tatum hurt hurt himself while dancing for Magic Mike. <laughs> but Jason Tatum, uh, yes, yes, I did. Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, who absolutely destroyed the Sixers two years ago, and he was the cog in that field, the main cog. And yeah. uh, Popovich has him over there playing. Who, who did they play? Turkey or something like that with Furkan yeah, Korkmaz? No, they, yeah. were, they squared off against roast beef. Oh, good yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Brad, Brad, Brad Stevens is probably not happy that uh, his his players are patriotic, and nor would I be. Uh, I love the USA, but I, I'd like to keep my property safe as far as you know contractual obligations. Number one, yeah, league and all of basketball, wow. the NBA. Well, with you guys talking about all this crazy crap about uh, sandwiches, make sure you uh, go order the Pee Wee Herman. It's a Reuben. Hold the pickle. <laughs> Did you do a Paul Reuben's riff there? I think so. That was definitely Paul who got, Reuben. Yeah. Who, who yeah. At, the, at around the time you were conceived got caught masturbating in a dark theater. So that <laughs> the great be. Paul Reuben's. <laughs> Yeah, that That's might be more joke. of a, a cornet joke. I think Nate may have heard that version. I may have borrowed. I may have borrowed it from him. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Is that background? Is that background, Josh it's, Brown? It's, yeah, background so. Josh Brown is is here. He's in the house. God, it feels like I never left. How's he like <laughs> that Luka Doncic? Uh, he's quite fond of Luka Doncic. Quite fond. Uh, he, he likes Ingus. He, he likes Porzingis. He likes their chances this year. Go ahead, that background, Josh. <laughs> He's making um, a stamp. Don't poke him, man. He's got a temper. Say again. I'm sorry. Who's that, Josh or me? You. I didn't hear what you said. Besides, besides my lovely uh, ex-girlfriend, Luca's mom is the hottest milf. Uh, over age 50 that I think I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, she was looking fine so, at the draft. Uh, I'll give credit there for sure. 
Yeah, and she makes millionaires, man. Uh, hopefully she can still uh, fer- be fertile. I'll uh, take a trip over there to uh, Bangladesh or wherever the hell they come from. Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> that was on purpose. I don't care what you say. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I don't know a clever usage of bang. Yes, absolutely uh, it was. Tim, Tim Dumbrover, I'm running short on time, but I, I did – Mark off my not so well studied as last year picks for the NFL this year. So uh, try to be in touch. Maybe uh, tomorrow night, the next night, or something, we can get on with one of those shows. Oh yeah, most definitely. Sounds good, man. Let Can't wait know. to hear that. Yeah, we we love basketball. Basketball's our you know flagship show, but you know we show love to everything except Nate hates baseball, but. Watching the Phillies this summer, I'm ready to hate baseball myself. But anyway, uh, yeah, we're we're, we're, we're going to be interested in putting putting something together for uh, fans yeah, we out got, there. Uh, yeah, we got the, we got NFL, we got college. There's there's lots to talk about and and uh, throw some uh, some shade at, but certainly. Absolutely. Everybody everybody talks after the fact, but I'm I'm pretty genuine on the air here. Um, I would have kicked major ass last week for our listeners. I mean, there were some obvious things that I would have lost, but you know, some five five units were out there that I that I did not get a chance to share with the world. So let's listen this week and let's get them. Sounds good right, to me. Can't man. wait. Dr. Thanks again, dude, for jumping back on. It's been too long, and we're glad to hear that. Uh, Sounds like we're going to get you back a little more now than we had been. So looking forward to it, my man. And thanks again for jumping on. We miss you, and we hope to have you back on here and get you on as much as we possibly can, get those pick shows rolling. And it's good to hear from you as always, my brother. Oh, yeah, and by the way, nice best, buddy. <laughs> nice what? <laughs> nice best. What did you do? Oh, cut right a, on. What the hell did you do, cut a hole in a, in a dinghy and just slap that thing <laughs> over your head or what? Hey, man. <laughs> When you're when you're 200, a very svelte 274 pounds currently, and they tell you to go to the airport and wear a vest, there's not much that will fit around those packs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Well, Tom, thanks again, right, man. So. We'll get you back on soon. Take it easy, brother. Yeah, you know, uh, one one final word. Now that we're in sixty countries, it's no coincidence that I'm back on the air. I wait till uh, I want to hog all the glory while I have the most spotlight. I, all the bad things people said about me were I mean, true. I mean, how did you know that that all the sponsors were just going to get to start paying next month? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> called called homeless called homeless intuition. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm just gonna keep my meats. I'm gonna make my meats stay classy, and uh, uh, nah, that was terrible. Anyway, buy the meats. Go to, <laughs> say hello to Stephen P. New. I don't know. Go to a porn site, whichever one we got now, and I'll be back. And I love you guys. I'll see you. All right. Yeah. Take love care, you man. Too, man. Take it easy. Peace. The one and only T.R. Shock returns. 
here on Wide Men Can't Jump. All right. I'll tell you what, Tim. We're going to save the Bogus Concession Stand review for the end of the show. So we'll give the folks something to look forward to. Right now, we're going to head over to the great state of Texas. It's that city down the road from Houston. It's San Antonio with our man, Jeff Garcia. I got a chance to talk to him about the Spurs this upcoming season. Always good to have Jeff on. So let's go ahead and get to my interview with Jeff Garcia. What do you say, Tim? Oh, Senior Tom, roll the tape. Back on the show once again is the Spurs digital journalist journalist from News 4 in San Antonio, Jeff Garcia. Jeff, thanks again for coming back on the show to talk some Spurs basketball. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, it's great to have you back. And uh, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, nice off season for them. Uh, if you look at the Spurs, they were kind of quiet in the off season. Not a lot of big moves mm-hmm. made for the Spurs. But one move they did make that I want to talk about, they brought in Damari Carroll. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, and according to what I've been reading, it looks like he's going to be more of a bench guy for them. But how does Damari yeah. Carroll fit in on this Spurs team and into that rotation? I think he fits in great. Last season, the Spurs did not have a 3-and-D guy, a guy that can consistently hit that three-point shot and play some defense out on the perimeter. Uh, he does that, and that's exactly what the Spurs needed. He fits a need for San Antonio, and that's exactly what Popovich and the staff look for in players, guys that fit needs, and he's going to have a defined role. Off that bench, play some perimeter defense, and knock down the three. Look, uh, with the Nets last year, um, he had a great first half, but he even had a better second half. He upped his points, his field goal percentage, his three-point percentage after uh, the January uh, calendar turn. And he played really well for Brooklyn uh, before leaving for San Antonio. Uh, but it's funny you mentioned how the uh, Spurs uh, didn't really have a uh, noisy, if you will, uh, offseason. They did, but all for the wrong reasons. Uh, <laughs> You traded, they traded Davis Bertans to make way for Marcus Morris, only for Marcus Morris to uh, take a step back and decide that maybe San Antonio is not his preferred destination. Um, basically, the Spurs offseason was kind of turbulent. It really, really was. You uh, met the Marcus Morris debacle. You traded away one of your better three-point uh, shooters, Bertans, to make space for Marcus Morris. That goes south. And then go pick up Trey Lyles, uh, you know, a good kid, but, you know, again, more of a project. So, all in all, I think this first offseason has kind of been a little bit flat, but, look, they're running it back. They're bringing back the same core. Rudy Gay's back. He's resigned. Uh, They're going to get an improved Derek White. They're going to get Lonnie Walker some minutes. They're bringing back Murray. All in all, the Spurs offseason was okay. This wasn't great. Yeah, you brought up the Marcus Morris situation and, and the trading of Bertans, and I'll tell you, Bertans was a guy who, if you played the Spurs, that was a guy, man, he ag- he would aggravate the piss out of you as a fan because <laughs> it's like, who is this guy, and why is he killing my team right now? I can't even pronounce his yeah. name, but yet there he was. Um, <laughs> what happened with the Marcus Morris situation? Because it was almost reported like, okay, Morris is coming in, and then the next thing you know, He's not coming in. Yeah. Uh, do, do you have any any inside knowledge as to what happened there with that Marcus Morris? Yeah. Uh, 
basically, um, from from what we've read and what you've read, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows already because it's all out in the open now. Um, that basically it was just simply him jumping the gun in his words and not really seeing everything out. Uh, his former agent now, Rich Paul, part of the Clutch Group, I think we all know who that is. He came out uh, publicly and said that he actually advised Morris to take the San Antonio offer. So look, money talks and stability talks. And I think with the Spurs offer, it was pretty much a one and then a player option. With the Knicks offer, it was pretty much a two-year deal and then a little bit more incentive in the sense of him maybe having a starting role. In the Spurs situation, he probably would have spent time on or off uh, the uh, bench as far as starting and coming off that bench. So, but what it, what's very telling is the fact that the Spurs traded one of their players. So that tells me he was pretty much all on board. Let's do this, San Antonio. Let's as soon as the moratorium's over, we're going to ink that uh, contract and it's good to go. But look, he never put pen to paper, and he has his, and neither the Spurs ever put their pen to paper. So. Is it kind of a crummy move for him to renege? Sure. Is it also not on the Spurs' best interest to act fast? It wasn't good for them. All in all, I think it was kind of a – there was a blame to go on both sides. More, though, I think in Morris's end, again, when Rich Paul comes out and says that he had nothing to do with this, that he wanted his agent, his client, I'm sorry, to go to San Antonio, that's very telling. Uh, But, look, I think the Spurs – they did what they can do. They salvaged it as best they can. They ended up picking up Trey Lyles from Denver. Uh, will he see significant minutes? Probably not. He'll be buried in the bench. Uh, but it just really – it just stings uh, to know that they, the Spurs got rid of a fan favorite, Davis Bertans, a guy that is a stretch four, that is starting – was barely starting to come into his own already. And now he's going to be uh, playing with the Wizards. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think the Spurs offseason and their roster construction, once the regular season, preseason starts, I think you'll see exactly that this team is going to be that team that no one wants to face in the postseason. Yeah, and Marcus Morris goes to New York um, Yeah, because just what New York needed, another forward. Uh, but, you know, it's a, it was a mystery <laughs> to me. Yeah. It was. It made no sense to me, but you know, hey, I'm not Marcus Morris, so I, yeah, that's the way it is. Yeah, and think Let's, about it too. You know, like he 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 didn't sign a contract with the Spurs, so he made a verbal commitment, and yeah, he got lambasted in San Antonio. He did uh, the the outlets in San Antonio were just pretty much frying him and roasting him, uh, calling him out. But business is business, and part of business is signing the contract, and he never signed the contract. Now, look, the Spurs eventually pulled their contract off the table. Uh, they made the first move, if you will, uh, as far as the contract is concerned. They took it off the table. So that pretty much would signal the end of the Marcus Morris era, however short it was, in San Antonio. Well, let's take a look at guys who will be back in a Spurs uniform next year. Uh, DeJounte Murray. A point guard who missed all of last season and really, I felt, was surely missed by the Spurs. Or I thought he would be, but I thought Derek White did a great job last year. But Murray comes back fully healthy, and the Spurs made the playoffs without him. And that showed how good the Spurs Mm -hmm. were 
without him. Now this season he comes back healthy. What's the expectations for Murray as he comes back to the Spurs uh, team as the starter? Yeah, I, I think uh, the expectation is probably a slow start. Popovich notorious for really seeing how those players are coming back from a major injury. And I think you'll see him see limited minutes, not any knock on his ability, simply just because they want to test him. Okay, you know, he's he's been cleared 100% to go five-on-five five and three-on-threes and what have you in off-season training, and they're probably going to limit him in the preseason and then against the regular season uh, slate of games. I think you'll see him get his minutes. They're going to try to ease him back in. He hasn't played NBA basketball in over a year. This is pushing a year already. So I think they're going to be extra cautious with him. This is where having an abundance of guards plays well for San Antonio. Murray, White, Forbes, Bellinelli, Mills, uh, they're stacked. they got a lot of guards, and I think that will help early with DeJounte Murray easing him back in, letting him find his uh, wings again, letting him find his legs again, get back into the familiar situation, running the Spurs system. And what a luxury for them to have Derek White, who came onto the scene late last season. Uh, he had a very slow start. He got hurt himself last season. Uh, he Then he re-injured himself in the rodeo road trip right when he was peaking, and then he came back, and then we all know how he looked towards the end of the season and in the postseason versus Denver. So all in all, I think the Spurs are in a good situation as far as their guard situation is concerned. Now, once the regular season gets going and midway through the season – with that abundance of guards, will they make a move with that? Will they maybe dangle Bellinelli? You know, anybody's looking for an expiring contract, you know, he'll be uh, probably somebody to look out for in the off in the regular season when it comes to the trade deadline. Yeah, um, really like Murray, and I'm I'm looking forward to him being back and being healthy. Um, another guy who I was high on when he came out, Lonnie Walker. He's dealt with some injuries last year, but he should be back next season. A lot of people are expecting a lot of big things from this kid. What do you expect from Lonnie Walker coming back in a Spurs uniform this yeah. season? I'm excited. Um, but at the same time, you got to understand, too, that it's kind of a numbers game right now with him because he's playing behind guys like DeMar DeRozan, uh, DeMar Carroll, uh, Rudy Gay. Uh, you got, um, you, you know, those small forwards, wing players that the Spurs have. And he'll have to show out in a training camp and in the preseason to earn minutes. It's expected that he'll uh, be on the San Antonio bench, not on the G League Spurs bench next season. Uh, but I, I think you'll see him get a spike in minutes. How much, I don't know right now. Um, with load management now being the thing, uh, wouldn't surprise me if uh, maybe a guy like DeMar DeRozan plays a quarter, quarter and a half, and then they rest him, and they bring in Lonnie to see what he can do. Uh, I'm expecting a lot from this kid. He's athletic. He might be arguably the most athletic player the Spurs have currently on the roster. And he can do it on both ends of the court. He plays some defense. Not the best, but he plays some good defense. And, of course, he's a great slasher. He's been working on his three-point shot. I get it. It's the off season. There's nobody defending you when you're taking threes. But uh, his agent sent me video uh, of his client Lonnie uh, knocking down 13 three-point shots in a row. So hopefully that's something that'll uh, translate once he uh, plays for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, so things are looking bright for him. 
And uh, I hope he pays off because the Spurs can really use that youthfulness, that athleticism on the court, especially in today's NBA with everybody being slashing and positionless. I think Yolani will fit that need for San Antonio. Well, you mentioned DeMar DeRozan. Um, an interesting season for him last year in a new environment. Unfortunately for him, the team he gets traded from wins the championship. Yeah. And people kind of – People have kind of looked at him as kind of like the guy who who couldn't get it done, but now his second season playing in San Antonio with Greg Popovich, what are we looking at for DeMar DeRozan? How big how big of a, a piece is he going to be for San Antonio this upcoming season, now getting to play with Murray for this uh, next season? Yeah, that, that, that could be an interesting backcourt uh, for San Antonio next season with uh, Murray back and, you know, will, will they try to t- uh, combo him with DeMar DeRozan that would be two good flashers. Uh, I think you'll see more of the same. I mean, he is what he is now, what he's ready, what, ninth, tenth year in the NBA, and he is what he is. Uh, you know, he can try all he wants, like, in the, again, in the offseason, you know, knocking down those three-point shots. But uh, will it translate into the NBA regular season, postseason, when defenses are on you? I think you're just going to get more out of DeRozan. Um, He was the leading Spurs facilitator slash assist guy. So that's good. That's something to work on. I think that's going to help, especially the young guys like Lonnie who want to get their touches, or uh, maybe Murray who's coming back and needs some touches to get back into the rhythm of things. But all in all, I think what you see is what you get out of DeMar DeRozan, especially at this point in his career. I'm looking here, and, of course, the the man in town is still LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, He's going to be the guy uh, for San Antonio. He has been since he went there. How how much longer can LaMarcus Aldridge play at such a high level for the Spurs? Um, He's starting to get – he's been there. He's been there a while. He's been in the league a while. How long can LaMarcus Aldridge play at this high level that he's been playing at for the Spurs? That's that's a great uh, question, and I think that's really something on uh, a lot of the fans' mind and my mind as well. Uh, he still has a couple more years left on his massive contract with the Spurs. Um, he's already put it out there that he wouldn't mind ending his career in Portland. So maybe once his um, current deal with San Antonio is over, he might seek to close his uh, his career with the Blazers. Um, I think it's it's you're you're starting. He's starting to realize that the time is coming to an end now. I think he's taking steps to prolong that. This off season, he's gotten uh, thinner, uh, which is good. Uh, he's gotten a lot slimmer, so I think that'll help with uh, as far as the knees and as far as wind, uh, phys- the physicalness and the, the the training, and to keep him in in game. So kudos on him. But yeah, he's already looking at the uh, the back end of his NBA career. I think he, next season. Bringing back Murray will help. Uh, having DeMar DeRozan definitely going to help. A guy like DeMari Caro. Uh, Jakob Pertl, I think he doesn't get enough uh, credit. Uh, can t- alleviate some of the uh, rebounding defensive end stuff that maybe LaMarcus uh, doesn't have to focus on. He can just worry about his touches and offense, and he's doing his best on defense, which we know he can. So, all in all, I think uh, LaMarcus, again, is going to have uh, another all-star-like year. For the Spurs next season, but um, yeah, the time is really coming for him. So, if he wants to chase that championship, hopefully he'll do it in a Spurs uniform and not with the Blazers. <laughs> if he does end up going back home uh, to his NBA roots, 
You mentioned Pirtle, um Yeah. And you're right. There, he's a guy that doesn't get the credit he deserves. I thought the Spurs should have asked for Siakam in the trade for Kawhi Leonard, but oh, they did yeah. get Pirtle. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that. I think that's universally agreed upon. Yeah. But Jakob Pirtle was a nice piece to come over and play with Greg, with Greg Popovich and his system. He's a big body. He does all those little things that people like. He's not going to, you know, you're not going to see him out there shooting three-pointers like a, a lot of seven-footers do these days. Mm-hmm. He is a great, great player. Um, is it a, is he going to be the starting center this year? Is that what we're looking at mm-hmm. from him? Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be starting. I, I think um, he's exactly uh, the type of big that the Spurs need in that paint. He runs the pick-and-roll so well with the guards. He's um, uh, one of the better defenders uh, in around the rim, the rim protector. The Spurs have. Uh, he's a big boy and he is durable, durable. Um, I don't think he even was hurting at all last season. And he's young uh, and he's hungry. Uh, in, a, uh, in an off-season interview he did with uh, with an overseas uh, outlet, he said that he's looking at San Antonio as the last stop in his NBA career and how young that is. So he wants to be a Spur for a long time, and I think uh, that's fine with me. And I think that's great with the fan base. Pirtle. He clogs up the lane. He rebounds. He's a and he's a very underrated offensive rebounder. Uh, he gets those second chance opportunities for San Antonio, and that's crucial for the Spurs and for any NBA team. So, uh, yeah, I expect Proto to be starting uh, alongside with Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah, and he's a uh, he's a seven foot Austrian. You can't hurt mm-hmm. him. That's just, no, you can't. Yeah, those guys don't get hurt uh, by by just normal NBA players, and it's hard for me to believe. Would you? He is, I believe, uh, twenty three years old at this point, maybe yeah, a little older. He's, he's a kid. He's a kid. Yeah, he's very young, so he's still got a nice way uh, to go in the NBA. So it's going to be very, very interesting to watch him grow and develop. Speaking of grow and develop, Derek White, we kind of teased it earlier. Oh, yeah. He's another one of the great guards the Spurs have. They have a plethora, or let's go cornucopia of guards mm-hmm. that they have acquired on this team. And Derek White is one of those. Uh, he went from a G League player, and now he's going to be a major part of this rotation. Um, what's your thoughts on Derek White? I know you were high on him last season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to uh, do for an entire NBA season. Um, next year. Uh, and I bring that up is because uh, you almost got to rewind the clock a bit. Um, you ask him in his rookie season, uh, hey, in your second season, do you expect to be the starting point guard and uh, on this learning curve that will propel you to almost a household name? I think he would say no. Uh, and you look at the DeJounte Murray injury, it's almost like the silver lining was it allowed White to become what he's looking like he can be in the NBA. I'm excited for White. Uh, I'm glad he's on Team USA right now. Uh, you know, we all heard the, um, you know, the chatter that he was one of the better players during the Las Vegas minicamp. But my question is this. Now with Murray coming back uh, and his role be reduced, that's being White's role, how is he going to respond to that? And can he do what he did what, when we saw him play the way he did right around the end of the rodeo road trip to the end of the Spurs season, can he sustain that for an entire season and be that key six man for the Spurs uh, next season? 
there's a lot of signs pointing to, you know, his professionalism, you know, as far as taking a reduced role is going to be tested. Um, what can he do uh, with re- those reduced minutes when he's on the court? Um, will he step in if they want to give DeJounte Murray a low manage- management night and let uh, White uh, take over the reins? Can he be what we saw when he, last season when he was the main guy? He's coming in with a lot of respect from the Spurs veterans, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. They were on record time and time again last season saying how much this team needs White, that he is their leader, that he does so much on both ends of the court. Uh, but now next season with a, with a full crew coming back, we'll see how he responds. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what he does uh, with the Spurs next season as well. Um here we saw in the offseason Patty Mills lead Team Australia over the United States in a win there. And Patty Mills had an excellent game against Team USA oh, yeah. in that international game. And he's been a sneaky player for years. And he's one of those guys that the Spurs get that maybe a lot of people don't hear about, don't know about. And yet when he goes in the game, he just takes over. Like how many people had heard of Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and the Spurs yeah. just find ways to get these international players that that do so much for them. Just like in the uh, the draft, they take Luca Semenik, another foreign player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just know the, the international game so well and how to equate it to Greg Popovich's system. Now, you look at Patty Mills again. This is going to be this is a really a good problem to have. So many guards. What's his role yeah. look like this season? Is he taking a back seat a little bit? Is he taking a reduced role? Uh, is he uh, maybe I, used a straight yeah. date? Yeah, I, I definitely see that. And as far as uh, uh, trading, I don't see the Spurs trying to, you know, vigorously get rid of him. Uh, why? Because Popovich loves veterans, uh, almost to a fault. Um, and Patty Mills is, he's their guy. He's Popovich's eyes. He is that last vestige of the Spurs big three era. And yes, there's Tim Duncan coming back as assistant coach, which I think is a big thing um, as far as bringing some of that old Spurs winning ways back to that bench. But as far as on the bench and on the court, it's Patty Mills and he's won a title with the Spurs. He knows what it takes to win uh, in international competition. He plays well for team Australia. And a lot of the younger Spurs rely on him so much for guidance Bryn Forbes, I remember talking to him about Patty Mills, and he said, you know, that Patty Mills is his man, that it wasn't for Patty Mills, he probably wouldn't be at the level that he is right now and continue to rise because Patty Mills has helped him develop. Same thing for Derek White. He said the same thing for Mills. So I think Mills is that guy that not only is that veteran locker room presence on the court, in the locker room, but he's also a factor to deal with, at least on the offensive end. Defensively, he's not going to be winning Defensive Player of the Year. You know, he's, he's undersized. Uh, right now, a lot of the Spurs fans, uh, you know, they're almost split on him. There's a, there's a camp of, well, he's not going anywhere. We need him because of X, Y, and Z. And then there's the other camp that says, get rid of him because we got a lot of guards already. He's going to be taking away minutes from these younger guards, and he's still too expensive. Um, the Spurs gave him a, a nice, hefty contract recently. So I'm on the camp of keep him around because you need that type of presence on the court. And I think that's invaluable. Um, so the Spurs uh, definitely, I definitely don't see them trying to vigorously trade him uh, unless some sort of sweet yeah. deal comes in where they're getting uh, some sort of all-star in return. But I don't think uh, he'll he'll be traded out of San Antonio. Yeah. 
Yeah, I understand that completely. Looking at the Spurs, they're over under on win total this year, 44 and a half. What do you think? Over under 44 and a half wins for the Spurs this season? I'm going over. I think they'll get more than 44. Um, this is a team that, yeah, they didn't have any sexy offseason moves. You know, there was they didn't get no Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis. Um, Paul George, uh, nothing like that. But sounds like a bunch of players that get hurt to me. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a crew that still made the postseason, coming off a, an off season where they lose Kawhi Leonard, or they lose Dejounte Murray, they lose Derek White to start the season, they lose Lonnie Walker, they stick Bryn Forbes as the point guard for a few for a few weeks, uh, lose Rudy Gay around the midpoint point of the season uh, to injury for a while. Um, and they still made the postseason. And they took the number one seeded Denver Nuggets to seven games. So now you factor in Derek White's growth, the return of DeJounte Murray, uh, a slimmer LaMarcus Aldridge, that Tim Duncan presence on that bench as far as assistant coach. Um, and just running the back, uh, for the most part, you added a piece to Mari Carroll, a 3 and D guy that they definitely needed. I think the Spurs are going to go over that 44-win mark. Well, if you're taking them at the over 44 mark, let's go ahead and throw it down here. What do you think? Are they a playoff team in this very, very much improved Western Conference again? Do they make it again? I don't think they've missed the playoffs in what seems like a a half a century. But do you think (laughs) they, they make it? And if they do, what seed do you see them at? How high can they go in this very crowded, very competitive, very tough yeah. Western Conference? I see them going as high as five, and I see them going as low as eight. Uh, I think that's their range right now. Uh, I do think they'll make the postseason. I do think they'll get 50 wins. Um, I think they'll break the record, uh, the NBA record, of the most consecutive playoff appearances. I believe they tied the record, which is 22 in a row. Next season, if they do make it, it'll be 23. Uh, I just and then you you, you don't you, you you cannot forget about the Greg Popovich factor. You, you know, there's a guy uh, right now who uh, he's, he's done it. He's taken pieces from here and there and put them on the team, and voila, you know, they're they're playoff contenders. So I, I definitely see the Spurs uh, falling between uh, as high as five and a. Well, something happened with our recording, but that's Jeff Garcia, and we had him on. I guess something uh, went afoul there on the upload, but that was the last question I was asking him anyway. Um, He had the Spurs making the playoffs this year. I'm sorry about that. Sorry about the technical issues. I'm not sure what uh, took place there. But uh, anyway, Tim, aside from those technical issues, we had the Wide Men Can't Jump fantasy football league draft last night it's, uh, it's it's funny you should say that after ta- talking to jeff garcia hell of an arm on that guy yeah yeah i knew that joke was coming uh but yes here we are uh tim's team is known as the alberta ass kickers yeah i love uh, him in, in week one in week one he'll be taking on the wv good old boys that's one ed bogus who you'll hear from in a little bit Tim, are you happy with your team? Do you like what you got? I do. I'm pleased. Uh, I think I did pretty well for myself. For a guy who, admittedly, I mean, I love watching football. 
but I'm far from a, far from an expert. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, uh, I mean, I got a solid, uh, I got a solid uh, quarterbacking duo, I believe, uh, with uh, Matt Ryan and uh, Aaron Rodgers, as long as neither of them get hurt. As long as neither of them gets hurt, um, I'm pretty good at receiver because uh, I got. Uh, I got a receiver. I got Keenan Allen and uh, Brandon Cooks. Keenan Allen, uh, Brandon Cooks, Christian Yeah, I got some. I got some good players. If if everything plans out, I'm, I I'm should kind be of very... impressed with your. I'm kind of impressed with your running back combo here, Christian McCaffrey yeah. and Nick Chubb. I should, I should be. Uh, I should be competitive. Uh, look, uh, and I, I, I'm throwing down the the, the 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 gauntlet right now to Ed Bogus. Uh, I'm gunning for you, Bogus. Yeah. Bogus has Baker Mayfield, uh, David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Julian Edelman, Kenny Galladay, Tyler Boyd, Jimmy Graham, Marlon Mack as some of his uh, big names there. Uh, the team that will be winning the league is the Brown Coats. Uh, that would be my team. And if you have to ask, you'll never know. But the Brown Coats my coat of many colors. are coming for you, baby. Uh, Isn't that this, what they call uh, brown coats or uh, red coats with incontinence? <laughs> ben Roethlisberger is my quarterback. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott drafted him. Good pick, Nate. He re-signed this morning. Uh, David Montgomery, my other running back. Then my receiving core is outstanding. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs, both Minnesota receivers. Uh, O.J. Howard is my tight end. Don't sleep on him. Philip Lindsay, my other running back. I've even got Damian Williams at running back as well. Looking forward to them. I'll be taking on Armando Martinez. Man, he's he starting uh, Armando, because he is a fan of the show, uh, he gets a 25-point lead. As granted by Commissioner Tim. Any score uh, Commissioner there, Tim uh, can, uh, Commissioner Tim can uh, be, uh, suck on the balls. Regardless of what the what 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 the outcome is, Armando gets another twenty five points. So I, I disagree. I disagree with well, that. But he's starting. I could give a flying f you if you disagree. I'm the commissioner. Uh, what are they're twenty they're twenty five points Canadian, so that equals out to uh, minus three. So well, Kyler Murray. <laughs> Screw you. He's may starting. Your, Kyler may, Murray. May your points never be uh, stuck up your ass where you have to can't get them removed because of your shitty health care. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Jones is his running backs. Carry on Johnson, Michael Thomas, Tyree Kill, Allen Robinson, Greg Kittle, Mark Ingram. Uh, so a solid squad there from the Oxnard hired goons. Armando Martinez. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. Nick Hoff is taking on Robert Evans this week. Um, the Vancouver Orcas taking on Team Dombrova. So your white or your your woman is taking on your son this yeah. week in a highly that, that, competitive matchup. That is matchup. true. The, the better half is, is uh, facing off against the son, but I don't know. The better half has got one hell of a squad. Saquon Barkley, Sonny Michelle, Deshaun Watson, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, Alshon Jeffrey, Travis Kell, Singletary, and more. Where, uh, the, uh, the, I'm going to break it. I'm going to break it. I'm a Tampa fan, but I don't like that start. Well, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Uh, the Orcas, uh, they, they read the black book. Uh, that's why their team is. That's why their team speaking, is. 
Speaking of the black book, Joe Pisapia, the man who wrote the fantasy football black book, is in the league. You saw him on television today, did you not? Uh, no, just a, a, it was just video or just audio. I mean, I didn't. Oh, okay. But he was on his uh, fantasy. Uh, what's the, I can't remember what exactly what it's called. Fantasy fan cat. I had something. I can't remember the bloody name. But I saw he had posted that it was that it was going to be on, so I went and checked it out. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, he was on Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, I believe it was called the FanCast uh, that he was part cast. of there. That's it, yes. Fantasy FanCast, I believe. I tweeted it that he was on it. He he didn't reply, though, so I don't know if he don't like me or didn't know who I was, he's, maybe, or something. He's a, he's a busy man, I'll tell you that. Uh, Joe is the one guy who, who worries me in this league is he's kind of a professional in a way. But he'll be taking on Justin well, Bailey this week. So. I kind of stuck it to him, though, because he, he, he picked in a horrible spot. Yeah, he had a rough pick, but who knows, man? Those guys, they, they seem to know. Um, they seem well, to be pretty good, good. He's got a good quarter, a good running back. I mean, Gurley, can't argue that. Uh, no, you can't. I, I, he, he kind of took it on the nose a little bit in the QB spot, though, I thought. Joe likes to wait on QBs, and he'll always tell you to wait until late. And I tried to do that, and I was able to get Big Ben. Uh wanted Cousins as my other backup, but Robert Evans swooped in and grabbed him before I could. Well, I still I, I, I'm still kind of missing out the logic on that. QBs get the most points in the draft, or of the, of the fantasy. Yeah, but they so get the most points, up? but look at the difference between – the top quarterbacks down to like maybe your 11th or 12th quarterback, depending on how many people are in your league, the difference isn't that huge. Whereas the difference between your top caliber running backs and your bottom caliber running backs, huge difference. Um, and it makes, it well, makes, I don't know. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had, thir- had uh, 1300 points last year. Okay. Yeah. He, he yeah. Mahomes went okay. off last season. Mahomes okay. went yeah. off last season. But he had what's the odds that he's going to do that again this year? And well, even if knows, he does, and even if he does, even if he has a great year, how many how many more points is he going to score than a guy uh, compared to a guy like I don't know uh, Aaron Rodgers or uh, well, Deshaun? Phillip, the, the tenth place guy was Philip Rivers, and he only had a thousand points, so that's three hundred different from one to. 10. Okay, well take take Mahomes away because Mahomes went a little eight okay, shit last well, year. Roethlisberger had twelve twenty-seven, so that's still two hundred and twenty-seven points. Yeah, but then look at the running back comparison. Well, look at I Saquon Barkley versus, or or somebody like that versus, I don't know, just go down to like Peyton Barber, or or someone, or or a number ten, the number ten running back. The difference is astro- is huge. And plus, you start, uh, well, you start more running backs than you do quarterbacks. The top running back had 590 fantasy points. Okay. Number and 10? The 10th guy, number 385. So 100 and change. Okay. How many quarterbacks, or how many running backs do you start versus how many quarterbacks? Right. Now, de- now, it depends on who your, second, who your seconds are there. Yeah, That's the if point. Got, if, yeah, if you've got a guy in the top 10 and the other guy's got a guy who's like at you know, 20. Now, if you were starting right. two quarterbacks, then you got to take a quarterback early. But if you're not, you're only starting one. The tenth place quarterback can still do great stuff. That's the whole. That's the whole value of it. 
That's the whole reason behind it. But, uh, yeah, so speaking of reasons behind things, we're going to finish up this week's episode with our Ed Boggess concession review that we've began. It's a new segment here on the show. Before we go, though, we do want to thank the law offices of Stephen P. New. We want to thank StripCampFun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and, of course, the one that I nearly forgot, I can't forget these guys, StayClassyMeets.com. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meat is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Again, thanks to Stay Classy Meats. Use promo code WIDEMAN. Save 10% on your order. So head on over right now. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on all the fun over there. You want to check it out. The, the meat is incredible. Uh, so we were talking about it. Again, check us out. iTunes, Podcast, Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and much more. WidemenCan'tJump.com. And head over to Wide Men Can't Jump, uh, the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Jump. Our interview with Necro Butcher is now up and available for download. Only two bucks a month. Check it out. It's cheap. It's great interviews, great content. We hope you enjoy it. Go listen. Go love it. And check it out. It's patreon.com slash Jump. All right, uh, Tim, I don't think we have anything else we really need to plug before we leave. We just no, need no. to get to this Ed, Ed Boggess concession stand review. Are you ready? All right, let's check it out. This is a Wide Man Can't Jump exclusive news bulletin. I'm Cecil B. Butsnor, coming to you live from Cincinnati, West Virginia, where Ed Bottomless Boggess is about to embark on his uh, North American NBA concession stand world tour. Of course, as we all know, um, Commissioner Adam Silver has has uh, acquired the services of Bogus uh, to uh, do an informal uh, outside uh, review of uh, concession stands in the NBA and report back uh, to the league on uh, the status uh, thereof. Uh, of course, uh, Adam Silver, well known for his uh, community work and his uh, care for the fans, uh, in this reporter's opinion, uh, Mr. Silver could uh, probably use... Uh, to eat a sandwich himself, he's looking a little gaunt. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ed Bargus, of course, for those of you who don't know, uh, Ed Bottomless Bargus, uh, defending, uh, reigning uh, world uh, eating champion, um, the greatest uh, world eating champion this uh, we've ever seen, to be honest, um, starting back in his high school days at Lincoln, uh, seven-time champion. Uh, we have uh, verified, of course, that the uh, seven times were, in fact, uh, Bargus, uh just took one extra class for three extra years uh, to win the title. He was, in fact, not held back. Uh, 
the man is uh, quite a wordsmith, uh, quite literate, uh, even though he is from uh, West Virginia, uh, and uh, surprisingly not Kentuckian, which uh, we first thought. Um, Bob is uh, well known uh, for his philanthropy in the uh, Shinston area, um, responsible for uh, many programs, outreach programs there. Of course, no one in Shinston goes without uh, food when Ed Boggs is around. Um, he single-handedly keeps uh, local restaurants, bakeries, uh, gas stations in business with his uh, <laughs> purchase of their food. Um, he's even uh, keeps an entire candy corn factory uh, working 24-7, uh, as his love of the food is uh, well known. Um, of course, uh, a little bit of background, uh, why Ed Bogus for the job? Of course, he is the world eating champion, so who would know more about food? Who would be able to consume uh, food regardless of its quality uh, in a rapid days and uh, in the weeks coming uh, without being ill. Uh, Bogus, who just uh, participated in the uh, 27th annual Charles Barkley uh, Leave Some for the Kids Candy Corn Memorial Eating Contest, of course, uh, Bogus uh, came in first. I mean, he is the Shinston sinkhole. Uh, <laughs> Barkley uh, participated but uh, did not finish as uh, he went into uh, diabetic shock. Uh, Oliver Miller um, was uh, second place until it was revealed that he threw up uh, three minutes after the competition, and of course this is not allowed, uh, so he was disqualified. Uh, Bruce Pobans uh, was slated to uh, attend, but uh, of course he was uh, busy uh, fighting uh, Seth Rollins uh, in his own mind for the WWE Championship. Uh, he also appeared at uh, AEW's All Out as a uh, Pobanzasaurus, but of course that match, uh, due to its absolute crap, was uh, cut from the pay-per-view. Uh, of course, let's go back to Bogus for a moment. Uh, just have a look at his credentials. Of course, uh, defending, reigning world champion in uh, every category under the sun. Uh, he, uh, of course, is starting off the week uh, well on a bit of a high, but a bit of a low also is. Uh, his beloved Notre Dame uh, did participate in their first uh, NCAA uh, football game this weekend. And, uh, well, I guess it wasn't this weekend. It was holiday Monday. Uh, they defeated Louisville, but not uh, in particularly stunning fashion. Uh, so that's uh, something, uh, hopefully, that doesn't drag down Bogus. But uh, his food, love of food, well known. I mean, if you follow Bogus on Twitter, you will see the man. He's a twit, a, twit, a twit. He's a tweet machine. He's not a twit, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't say that. He's a tweet machine as he, uh, as I say, continues to prop up the local industries, uh, particularly the food industries, with uh, posts uh, declaring how wonderful their food is. And in fact, um, this reporter, that's my only real worry about this whole thing, is uh, I'm not sure that Ed Boggs has ever met a food he didn't like. Uh, you know, candy corn, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not really fit for human consumption, and yet no, uh, I believe Bogus would melt candy corn down and pour it on just about any food uh, imaginable uh, and devour it uh, like it was uh, the Last Supper. Uh, regardless, uh, Bogus uh, will be embarking on his tour, uh, his first stop Atlanta, where he looks uh, forward to uh, trying out the Spud Web. Uh, so uh, look forward to that report. Uh, we should have that for you next Wednesday. Uh, Ed Boggs in Atlanta 
concession stand, NBA, North American World Tour. Uh, look forward to it. Uh, that's it on Ed Bogus. Uh, we do have some. Uh, there was a Tom Robinson sighting yesterday. Um, uh, someone in uh, Philadelphia called in and uh, said they may have seen Tom Robinson, uh, but they couldn't be sure because they were blinded uh, by the light of uh, a bright light coming from the man's coat, and they're not sure if it was really him or not. But anyway, just uh, throwing that out there. So uh, back to you, Nate, in the studio. All right. So next week begins the trip to Atlanta. So so it appears. Wow. All right, making his way for it. Okay. I mean, I don't know Ed well, but I think if anyone can handle the trip, it'd be Ed Bogus. Yeah, I thought he was going to go ahead and hit it this week, but uh, I guess he stopped for a snack, so he'll be back next week. Candy uh, corn came out this week, man. He could. Yeah, do. that's true. He was a little distracted, so we'll we'll forgive him. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to that next week. Looking forward Thanks to you. another white man can't jump. Hopefully. Uh, Tim and TR get together, get a pick show going. Looking forward to that. More basketball Episode 96, talk bitches. Episode 96. Yeah, we're getting close. We are getting close. We're um, literally almost a month away from uh, the 100th episode uh, hey. of this. Preparations this have begun in the Wide Men Can't Jump compound. They have. Uh, I, have it, I have it on good authority that Frank is hard at work on an anniversary song. Uh, yeah, I know, but uh, what can we do? Uh, maybe we could uh, maybe we could plan a baby false Tom Robinson reconciliation for that 100th episode. We, we may we may be able to. We will shoot our shot on that. But thanks mm. again, everybody, for listening. This has been a great time, a great episode. As my cat has decided to go insane behind me. Uh, I'll try to book but, Darky Johnson while we're at it. Yes, we are going to try and hunt down Darky Johnson. I'm so glad he brought that up. The hunt for, uh, for Darkie Johnson continues. The search for Darkie Johnson. Oh, some other, some other the podcast has got slapped, the cat just clawed my back. Some Damn. other podcast has got Yo Mamba, but we've got Darkie Johnson. Beat that. I'm gonna kill my cat now. After that, Nate she just clawed my back. I mean, here, here's something you're, you're not gonna hear too often. Nate Bush was just attacked by pussy. Yeah, really. You don't hear that every day. Again, I'm Nate. He's Tim. For the Shinston sinkhole, the fucking crazy Frank, crazy Frank, Scott Agnes, for Jeff Garcia, who apparently I I somehow got cut off, for TR, and all the craziness, for Darkie Johnson. Y'all have a good night. Tim, send us home. May there be peace in our time. Good night, everyone. Thank you, Neville Chamberlain. I ain't even gotta say it, that's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast, also at WideBeanCanChum.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts that are available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WIDEBEAN to get 20 free credits 
on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Man Radio Network.